0: Hey, this is Ross Baten with Royal Blame Public Radio. We are doing RPPR episode 156, Origins Wrap-Up. Uh, this is our very first uh, time at Origins, yep. which is a fairly large convention with 15,000 people. So, uh, I think
1: it's the second biggest, isn't it, after DragonCon? Yeah,
0: Con? Uh, probably. I think Dragon Con's close, but I don't think it's quite Origins size. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm Caleb, by the way. <laughs> yes, and with me, uh, not as always, is Caleb Yeah, as our special guest. Um,
1: Quip about announcer voice. There we go. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> you had, we you had, fulfilled the, the the rights, the contractual obligation. The, yeah, the passages. <laughs> Somewhere, Tom invoking is an episode.
0: Off in the distance, his eyes losing focus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just in general, it's got nothing it's going to do with in what, what we're doing state. here. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: so yeah uh uh Caleb uh decided to go to origins to sell red markets at the IGdn booth and, and party foul and party Don't foul I've heard about that uh, yes party foul on Kickstarter uh, I will try and get this episode up tomorrow so so for one more day yeah one more day um and I just tagged along because I wanted to go because you know I haven't been yeah and I decided. To make a bold stand of not running the events uh, at Origins, it was a yeah. brave decision to just be a console. <laughs> that's, a, that's a word.
1: Yeah, and uh, it paid off weirdly. Sarah enough. heroically also didn't run events. Yep. yep, heroically attended. <laughs> uh, so
0: yeah, uh, it was it was quite rewarding actually. It turns out going to a convention to play games that you're interested in is actually can be really fun. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: do you not have fun when you run events, Ross? Uh, I mean, they're tiring,
0: <laughs> they're tiring. These this was invigorating, you know. Like.
1: All right, you're in your first, Ross Payton. Whoa. You are a
0: chore to him. Oh, god, okay, <laughs> you're just twisting my words around. All right, uh, so. Um we bought both of us bought a lot of stuff there. Um way too much. <laughs> yeah. Way too much. Uh so it we're
1: not g- a profitable venture and that is entirely my fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: yeah, Red Markets uh sold pretty well from what I understand. Yeah,
1: we, we sold about ten books. Yeah. So
0: that's good. Um and the yeah, yeah. So uh the thing is uh in terms of the pur- purchases, we won't list everything we bought because we haven't gone through all of it yet. Uh, I think speak for yourself. Okay, <laughs> um, that's all I did yesterday was assemble board games.
1: Nice and organized them.
0: Well, I bought a lot of books that I'm still not done. Yeah, uh, I had to
1: go out today and buy a new shelf. <laughs> that's, I'm not exaggerating. These are all things that
0: that I mean. That's kind of an achievement. You bought so many get board games at a convention that you literally needed new furniture. Yep. All right. Uh, congratulations. Living the dream. You are. Um, I yeah i got I did get like fall of Delta green and Harlem and Bound, a lot of other books so I haven't been able to read them all yet uh, but uh, I, so I want to focus on when talking about origins um first off, just I guess ov- overall impression of it um, I overall I, obviously I really liked it uh downtown Columbus Ohio where they have the con Center uh is it's not as vast as the Indianapolis Convention Center but it's uh,
1: Far better for a convention In many ways I I, I found it um, I found downtown uh, Columbus A lot more hospitable than I do uh, Downtown Indianapolis Because it Mm -hmm. still had a stupefying level of road work As will always be found At any Gen Con (laughs) Uh, uh, But there was uh, uh, A lot of restaurants And a lot of them within walking distance Mm -hmm. Uh, You were not pleased with the variety of them And you were keen to let us know As if I was the city planner as if I was the city planner of Columbus and had any control of Club it, but yes really wanted us to know that. And it all, but there were so many that I could find a place to eat yeah. very quickly near the convention center, uh, rather than having to like get into a car and and drive away from it like I normally do in yeah. Indianapolis. Um, so yeah, I liked it a lot. It's a very the smaller size, in other words. It's much smaller. Um, amongst the designers, it's a lot more laid back. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of I mean, it's not laid back. There's still a lot of business going on. Yeah. So I wasn't even seeking meetings, and I ended up in three or four meetings with different game designers, and there were people there working the IGDN booth that were... I I met one person that had sold 16 board games, that con, like, to different publishers. So, um, like, it's just a lot of wheeling and dealing and stuff, but it's also very social, because unlike Gen Con at Origins, not every... Second of your life is scheduled from Mm -hmm. 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. Like (laughs) (laughs) no, sorry, from 6 a.m. to the next day's 1 a.m. Yeah, yeah. uh, So it's uh, a lot more people talking around things like that. It is far more of a board game convention, though. Yeah, that's Um, certainly um, true. There was some RPG presence, but uh, everyone from board gaming was there, with the exception of Fantasy Flight and Asmodee. There was, I mean, come on, Yellow. Uh, Pandasaurus, Mm -hmm. Atlas, I mean, pretty much everybody was there with big honking, serious booths as well. Uh, In addition to all of the uh, board game accoutrements, so like Broken Token had a massive booth in there for inserts. Yeah. There were multiple competing insert companies. Uh, WizKids had an enormous booth there. Uh, so it is a it is a board gaming convention. It is yeah very, very hard in the paint on that.
0: They they also they have three exhibit halls and two of them have a couple of vendors each, but the ones flanking the main exhibit hall, but they're primarily set up as play areas for like organized play tournaments, yeah. demos, um, and I found that quite interesting because. Um. You. Yeah. And like painting. Like learn how to paint miniatures and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh. Good name. Good number of fan communities. And I'll get into that a little more of like fan groups that are wanting. One one uh, a Much yeah.
1: smaller seminar circuit too. Yeah. It's not. It's not a.
0: I didn't even try to go to any seminar. Giant this year, panel
1: yeah. thing. But like, yeah, they. They. It's in one hallway of the convention center. Yeah. It's, like, it's very small. Yeah. Compared to like entire buildings worth of panels and seminars at Gen yeah. Con. Um. So there's that. Uh. The it's very lighthearted. Everyone's kind of there to have fun. Um, a lot of people there are on educator passes. It's extremely affordable, mm-hmm. um, even if you're not. But, like, Sarah and I went in on an educator path, and that's 35 bucks if you're a teacher. Um, and then there were some great teaching seminars we attended, to about using games in the classroom as well. <clears throat> um, so very affordable. I will say this. They are as bad as I've ever seen. <laughs> at scheduling games in a way where you can find them
0: yeah like they they have an app but it's useless only like 98 percent useless there was two percent usefulness (laughs) uh there were there was actually i looked up one event on it and then it said canceled on i'm like well great
1: i don't have to try and find that event uh, they, there were three gaming halls. There was a gaming hall A and a gaming hall C, and then yeah. gaming hall B was the vendor room, right? Yeah. Uh, and there were some major booths, like, come on and stuff, in A and C, but it was mainly play spaces. Yeah. In the fucking catalog, they misprinted everything <laughs> to have R tables when all of the R tables were in gaming hall C, and so they double booked, and I'm talking, like, hundreds of tables, like... And so finding the game you were supposed to be in or run was finding no finding a place where you're supposed to run the game was just a fight. It was just who could argue loudest with convention staff and get their table in place. And then finding where you're gonna run again, it's it's anybody's guess. Like I, I heard people like they were playing RPGs in rooms like, oh no, this RPG is supposed to be in a different hotel. But the thing is, like Origins people are so used to it being so terrible, just like, oh yeah, no, of course. We will go. Oh, oh, yeah, God. no, it's three miles away. Obviously, like because apparently this is like uh, it was my first origins, but everyone I know had been there is like, oh yeah, Gamma, that's it. Uh, yeah, I actually like, r- that's it, Gamma. I, yeah, I
0: <laughs> ran into Ken hyden and I asked, oh, how are you doing this control? I'm doing pretty great because I'm not running any events. I'm not. I don't have to. I don't have to interface directly with Gamma at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like, all right, yeah, no. Uh- so while I love it and uh, it is very laid back and it's very much a gamers convention and that you were there to play games yeah um, it it, uh, it is terrible in terms of like it's yeah with all the nightmare right. you have well, to, on
0: the front end too yeah. yeah with
1: all the nightmare you have to deal with scheduling stuff at Gen con at least it's in the place where they say it's gonna be most of the time mm-hmm. like that origins it's like and you know, the online the the and you can find events easily yeah take- yeah origins it's anybody's guess like, yeah it's that's my only complaint about it because I very much like the area it was a very good crowd um, it was big yeah the there crowd, was yeah. great stuff like mm-hmm. stuff from at origins and, and stuff I'd never seen before so I didn't get that whole like this isn't the new thing I sometimes get at Gen Con. Yeah. And uh, I was generally very impressed. But
0: Yeah, I mean, it's big. It's not a small con by any convention, but it's not. Like, Gen Con is so massive now. Like, if you're used to Gen Con standards, it feels, like, just pleasant compared to Gen Con. Yeah, Gen.
1: I mean, the vendor hall at Gen it's Con cr- is cr- the crushing. size of all three of the gaming halls yeah. combined. Yeah. Like, A, B, and C. Yeah. all put together would just make the exhibitors hall at Gen Con. Yeah. Um, whereas, uh, but like, it's still, it's still good. Like you, at no point did I feel like there weren't enough things It still, takes, things a, it
0: to still do. takes a good while to like browse the, the range of vendors. Yeah. You know, uh, origins. Um and there was
1: still true dungeon and battle pods yeah. and VR realistic. There are, there are a lot of uh, RPGs. And,
0: uh, yes. Uh, a
1: lot of RPGs being played. Mm-hmm. Um, some RPGs being sold. I think IGDN was there. IPR was there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cubicle 7 had a large booth. Yeah. And they were selling stuff from Arc Dream as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there was not a big RPG space. That was pretty much it for RPGs that I saw. Did you see any other big RPGs? Um... Let me think here. There were wizards didn't have anything.
0: There was somebody selling wizard stuff. I can't. I think Gale Force Nine. uh, They sell
1: uh, D and D. Yeah, I saw a couple like game store distributors selling RPGs that were hodgepodges, But like in terms of publishers having Uh, Pelgrane Press, they were there. Pelgrane was there. Yeah, Yeah. I forgot about Pelgrane. Yeah, they were working with IPR. But Pelgrane IPR IGDN and uh Cube 7 were the only like publishers in their own discrete booths. Everybody else I yeah. saw was like selling like comic books and RPGs mm-hmm. and books and they were just local vendors that had come in like so yeah. I didn't I didn't see anybody coming from like uh like Eclipse phase wasn't there and uh Yeah yeah, it was pretty nice. Yeah, if you're
0: an RPG, de- a small RPG developer, you definitely you want to work with IPR, IGDN, or something like that. Yeah, you don't go on your own, like because mm. that that the audience is obviously really board game focused. Like Board Game Geek had a huge presence there. Obviously, they were live streaming there. Yes,
1: i um, really, I'm really, sh- I'm really shocked. Fantasy Flight, yeah, and Asmodee were not there
0: um yeah that might m- might have been a budget thing for them yeah
1: i mean maybe the their booth cost so much like yeah. they probably can't make their bench betri- metrics back maybe
0: they wanted more space than that like origin's
1: able to provide yeah come on games had it was nuts it had 50 yeah. it had 50 yards it was 50 yards wide like yeah. it was an enormous booth but uh good presence, rising yeah. sun sold out in the first two hours like it yeah. was just gone um I was alarmed there were some pretty good deals, too. Like, mm-hmm. um, So I got uh, Wasteland Express Delivery Service, which is mm-hmm. sort of this Mad Max pick-up-and-deliver board game um, that has just this insane value because, as I learned last night, they've basically cut out the broken token insert market in that it's not all just cheap shit in bags. Like, everything has its own separator. Everything has its own place. Those things are labeled. They wow. have their, like you overlay them so like yeah, yeah, yeah. all of these go here, um, and from everything I saw in reviews, it's like it makes this game that's intensely complex super easy to teach and play because it, everything is laid out in this hyper rational logical order. And I was doing that last night, but that's a ninety dollar game, and they were selling it all con long for sixty, and I picked it up on Sunday for fifty, like which is nuts, and yeah. like. But at the same time, I was like, I really want a great Western Trail, which is a game about selling cows, just because it got good reviews on uh, Shut Up and Sit Down. And that was 70 bucks all weekend. And I'm just no. like, it's... A quarter of the game, as yeah, <laughs> Wasteland Express. So I, I didn't end up doing that. So like, it's it's sort of up in the air on that. But yeah, yeah. There's always that. Some publishers
0: are way eager. Way. More. Oh wait, Chaosium. They had a they had a presence there too. Oh yeah, Chaosium. Yeah. I picked up the actually Chaosium was pretty good because they had a lot of stuff pretty heavily discounted. Like mm-hmm. I picked up the uh, older edition stuff. Well, it was all new edition actually. Oh wow. that, But like, I mean,
1: I forgot. Yeah, I was looking at the Sandy Peterson yeah. Monster Encyclopedia.
0: But yeah yeah there's uh but they also had fiction and some other things over like five bucks for some mm-hmm. of their their small uh, smaller books so i picked a, uh, picked up a couple things with them but um yeah it, it, good deals but also you know there's a lot of community there one one downside is that they had an open board game library but it cost 20 bucks to get in
1: yeah that's not great
0: yeah and same with the video arcade 20 bucks to get the in. games wow. on demand was better yeah, uh, Games on the Man, I actually did that.
1: Uh, uh, one thing I have noticed about Origins is that Gamma is so bad Yeah, and has been for so many years. Mm-hmm. And I was noticed this in IGDN because um, I was running Red Markets and I was being told by other designers, like, I can't believe you're not running it, it, it Games on demand." And I'm like, well, I'd rather know people are going to see my game and know where to find it to try it than just wandering into Games on demand." And they're just like, well, yeah, the, but that's Gen Con thinking. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, yeah, Gen Con thinking, you did a great job. Offer 22 Red Markets games. Sell them out. That's the way you should do it. Maybe have some people in games on demand so they can wander in and try it. But he said everyone in Origins is spoiled by Gamma and like the size and that there are people who go to Origins and like it's far more common than a Con just to have nothing scheduled and they just roll into games on demand and see what's open. Yeah. And he says that's where you sell new people on your game system at Origins. It's like you just sit in games on demand and run as many until you, as you can to your horse, you a horse in the throat. And I'm like, oh, I don't need to do that in the future. But like, yeah, it is uh, very much. People are just there to try whatever's open. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of
0: what I did. So, like, I got 20 bucks of generic tickets, uh, and I managed to get in four role-playing games and a couple of war game-type things. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is actually uh, Wrath and Glory, the new Warhammer 40K RPG um, that uses a D6 pool system. Uh, I actually, had, the game was actually last-minute replacement of GM, <laughs> speaking of, game of screw-ups, uh, was actually run by Ro- Ross Watson, who is the lead writer for it um so and we actually have a game of his already on this site he uh, uh worked on the savage worlds uh game a curse that tom played in oh yeah Gen Con a couple of years ago so i uh, had a nice chat with him and it's a really fun game i actually got uh, the free rpg day uh demo kit from it so i'm gonna run that for rppr at some point uh you can be the space marine if you want caleb because i know you want to be that uh <laughs> yay Uh, Pauldrons. Yeah, exactly. He's got pauldrons. Uh,
1: Who doesn't? Yeah, well, he's also got a great mustache. Most women die in childbirth in the 4K (laughs) universe just because they have to pass the pauldrons through.
0: They're 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 added on later. No,
1: they're born with them. (laughs) Uh, So... Yeah, the 40K RPG
0: uh, – now, I didn't record these games because I just wanted – like, I'm not running them. Nobody knows who – well, some people knew, but, like, I didn't want to be like, hey, can I just make everybody real anxious nervous by recording this and posting this on a podcast? Plus, it's a con game. You know, these are noisy rooms. Yeah. Um, so I didn't record the 40K RPG, but we did um, – I like, didn't
1: record Red Markets or anything yeah. like that either. Um, I, Which is odd because yeah, if you want yeah. a convention to record con games at, Origins is certainly better. Than Gen- Gen yeah, yeah. Because again, fewer <laughs> yeah. I mean there's it's still noisy, but it's not
0: but, We almost
1: had a room to ourselves for uh Tracy's game of Ironetta. Yeah, uh which I've never seen at yeah. Gen Con ever.
0: Uh I've seen it occasionally late at <laughs> nights yeah. in the dark corners, uh at the forgotten hotels. Um but yeah, the 40K APG, we had a lot of fun. Uh, I learned the system pretty well, so I can run it now. And I actually guessed the plot, like the plot twist, like an hour before. Like He's like, oh, wow, you guys figured out the plot before. other Most people have to go through a couple more scenes before they, before they put the clues together. So uh, your reward is the boss fight right now. <laughs> Demons appear and try and kill you.
1: Yay.
0: <laughs> uh, it's pretty great. They have like a stunting mechanic where you can do things for effect. And so, like, the demons that we fought had regeneration, so, like, it was hard to wound them. Uh, or they, they they could soak a lot of damage. So, like, well, I'd take my combat knife and just sort of pry open his open wound, so he can't regenerate anymore. And then, like, that works. So it was teamwork, you know.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a 40K game.
0: It was very 40K. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, what other? Yeah. Well, uh, so, yeah, you, you, you get to play some games, though, right?
1: Uh, I did some demos. Yeah. So uh, Sarah was also there. She was uh, – I was working the IGDN booth, so I was kind of learning how to be the weird combination of carnival barker slash uh, <laughs> low-pressure, low-stress millennial salesman that you need to be selling RPG because, like, the <laughs> the hard sell is not something that anyone responds to well. And, Hello, sir. Yeah, you
0: need a fine role-playing game. Yeah, that
1: kind of shit. Or whatever. But at the same time, you can't just like stand there and seem uninterested while they look things through. Yeah. Um. So I was trying to learn that. So Sarah was buying the game. So she, she demoed a lot of stuff. So she demoed uh, uh, Castle Dragon, which I'm really excited for, which yes. is a Mahjong mechanic. Uh, we actually,
0: I actually played that with her. Yeah.
1: Um. It's a game.
0: It's a really interesting game. I, I definitely want to play it again because I didn't understand the best like. Understood the central mechanics, but like, oh, I should do things differently if I wanted to win. (laughs) Yeah, like, oh, that's what you have to do. But we're
1: getting very obsessed with like um, King Domino and Patchwork and Baron Park and Mm -hmm. like placement games, tile placement games. Yeah, well, Uh, so that was a good fit for us. Um, She's also very into deck builders, uh, so she bought. Uh, witches of the Revolution from Atlas Games where you're witches trying mm-hmm. to save the American Revolution. Yeah. Uh and I'm excited to play it and also excited to make sarah fun of Sarah for buying it. Uh Whoa. I don't know how we're gonna pitch that to Spencer. <laughs> like who's our primary board game? A couple friends are like, all right, look, it's the American Revolution. Also mm-hmm. you're witches. And, um, what's not to love? Like, <laughs> how is that not a great pitch? It's it's good for me. I don't, yeah. Spencer doesn't know what YouTube is. I, don't, I think it might <laughs> be a little off putting. That's
0: true. Him. He did think ketchup is a five yeah, in terms um, of condiments.
1: He's, I, like, I listen said, to the mix six yeah, like on I said, iTunes. Spencer is normal, like, other people with fuck tattooed across their <laughs> neck are ag- He's aggressively normal. Like, so normal, um. he can't have certain jobs. Like, <laughs> um, So she bought that. Um, we also bought a bunch of stuff we were looking for, like uh, uh, Murder of Crows. We wanted oh, to play yeah, that. we played that as well. And uh, Star I picked Realms, up my own copy. I didn't really King Domino. It, yeah, yeah we, we've we done some stuff like that. And then um, I was buying RPG stuff, so I got Microscope, because I wanted to use that for our next game project. Um I was going to get Bluebeard's Bride, but you got it, so I'm going to borrow your copy. Yeah. Uh, and then...
0: It's a beautiful book,
1: by the way. Yes, I mean, gorgeous. although
0: it's very expensive, and it's, it's kind of a thin book, too, so like... Mm,
1: it's... Yeah. The art, though, is... Um, the art, yeah, yeah, no. I it, feel like it's worth it in production.
0: No, it, it, it's book as an art object. Like I yeah. mean, like it's beautifully printed. But as I couldn't
1: well, convince so, like, myself to buy a copy though because yeah. I, d- I can't imagine us ever playing it. Yeah, ugh, the the subject the matter, yeah, yeah. yeah is pretty intense. Um, and then. I bought some ash cans like uh, The Ward and uh, well, Passions de Passiones, the telenovela. I definitely want to play game. that. Um, um,
0: well, speaking of like sort of indie Ashcan can games, yeah. uh, the second game I played was actually at Games On Demand. Mm-hmm. I tried to get into Blades of the Dark, but that like instantly filled up before I could.
1: Yeah, and that's um, and that's what yeah. they were kind of talking about. Yeah. it like cause, like people go to Origins to play, and they want to try Blades in the Dark, and then no one signs up for a Blades of the Dark yeah event they all just go to games on demand and hope someone wanders by running it and st-
0: well there's one gm doing it and the guy like was uh tracy someone was telling me like oh yeah the one blades in the dark gm uh he's like writing for it and understands the game was one playtester for it and it would have been yellow, you know, he's like one of the best gms for it and Yeah, but it filled up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: uh, But I did play a great indie sort of Ashcan game uh, called The Devil John Moulton. The Devil, comma, John Moulton, Uh, which is a pay-what-you-want PDF game on DriveThruRPG. I'll put a link in the show notes, Uh, and I'm going to try and run it myself uh, pretty soon. Uh, It's like a 20-page PDF. So basically, you've made a deal with John Moulton, uh, this guy in the Wild West. Uh, Well, it's a weird West now, Uh, and he gave you some sort of demonic power and in order to but now you want to catch up with them you want to you know you, maybe you want to kill him. maybe you want to renegotiate terms of your deal maybe he can do something for you or you need answers from him whatever you make that up mm-hmm. so you're you're on a quest to find him and all the players are on the same quest and so you cho- you sort of group everyone sort of as a group collaboratively comes up with their powers like you come with a power and then you have to pay a price to use your power so like one player his, his ability was to come up with any, like a small object. You could just make, you could just pull anything out of its pocket. Mm-hmm. The thing is though, one, to use the power more than once per session, you have to pay a price. And so like his was like, yeah, I have to cut something off. I have to pay a pound. I have to pay like, like uh, I have to, cut off some of my flesh, like, <laughs> so, um, you know, fingernails, bye-bye, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know uh, for me, it was like, I could see what the person truly desired, and if I, my price was I had to eat something's eyeballs to do that, so, um, <laughs> mm. yeah, and so you also, as a group, you sort of collaboratively come up with, like, what this small, fucked-up town, you're you're, you're following a John Moulton Trail, and he's yeah. just leaving a trail of, like, towns where the water's gold now, or, you know, people are flying, you know, or... <laughs> um, or in our case, people were turning into animals, you know, it was like, and you know, it was weird West Dr. Moreau. We yeah. To, like, figure out what was going on. And so you collaborate come up with who's there and what's going on. And then it's got interesting mechanics. So it's a really fun, uh, it's, and it's also meant for like, it's primarily aimed at one shots. Yeah. So like the mechanics are like, you can do really cool things, but eventually your character will die. Like if yeah. you push yourself too far, you're, uh, your your resources your when your one uh, uh your your resources attributes will go down to one and then you're dead so mm-hmm. like um yeah so anyways that was the second game that i played um and it's just a weird indie ashcan game that i'd never heard of before yeah so um did you find any of the ashcans really interesting um that you bought or whatever
1: i haven't a chance to i mean passion to the passion is hilarious yeah uh the Ward, I really want to try, because it's a, it's a medical drama game. Oh, okay. Uh, and I kind of want to design one of those. So Is
0: that uh, using Powered by the Apocalypse? Or yeah. It's, okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's Powered by the Apocalypse. Um, and, yeah, so I'm interested to try those out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mainly I bought board games. Um, <clears throat> Bunny Kingdom is adorable, and the art is great. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I got a copy of that. Um, I really wanted to try... Uh, the Castle of Mad King Ludwig, but I heard Palace is cooperative. Yeah. Uh, so I really bought, I really wanted that. So I bought Palace of Mad King Ludwig. Uh, I bought Climbers because I really like games with verticality. and That's, oh, that's like, the one with the wooden blocks, right? Yes. Uh, so it's about climbing to the top of a yeah. disassembled tower. Um, and then. I ended up being talked into some stuff by Jeremy Fish, uh, who spent the majority (laughs) of the time. He talked me into some things, too. He was a native marketing goldmine. Whatever you're paying him, double it. Um, (laughs) And he was hanging out with us. So he talked me into uh, Wasteland Express Delivery Service. He also talked me into a game I never thought I'd play, but I really want to play it with um, Jason and Renee, because I I get the wargaming thing, but conflict is like, a little it, too it, much.
0: It's 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 a steep buy-in. Yeah, steep both buy-in. Both figuratively and literally. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, so WizKids has this new game they were showing off at the con um, that wasn't even out in full release yet called Seal Team Flicks. Mm-hmm. And I demoed it, and it's insane. Uh, so it's got seven different maps, six different playable characters, all with unique... Loadouts that you can load them up with using cards. Uh, it's got these standees that you go on these seven different maps. It's got campaign gameplay, which the scenarios changes based on off success and failure of previous uh, gameplay. Um, and you're moving your standees around. It's got an advanced AI system with all these colored cubes that are numbered, and it has like patrol routes of different guys. And it's like this intense SWAT tactical, like check your corners. Like, uh, all that kind of stuff. Shooter, except the resolution mechanic for what is essentially just a basic board game, a basic war game, like, without miniatures, uh, so at least a finite cost, is a dexterity game. Like, when you want to shoot someone... It, if you flick a disc at them, and if you're shooting a fucking saw, it's a big-ass disc. And if you're shooting your pistol, it's a tiny little blue disc. And if you hit them, they're hit. And if you don't hit them, and if you hit your other teammate, they're hit. And like it is like friendly fire and all that kind of stuff. Uh, when you want to hack a door, you roll these dice to randomly generate numbers, and they put it on an actual keypad. And the goal for hacking the door is you have this many flicks to knock all of the discs off the keypad, but the keypad... Is randomized on these dice rolls. So, like, I got three things to get rid of four numbers off of it. When you want to snipe, there's this little runner shuffle board with a terrorist head in the middle of it, and you have to flick and land on the head space depending on damage. And it's got all these interesting little subsystems. That's basically just a, di- but it's a dexterity game. Like flick them up, but with like the most intense back end ever. With like hostage negotiation mechanics and like intense scenarios and choice points and and it's just it it's got noise counters and stealth mechanics <laughs> um so I did demo that. Yeah, no, it's nuts here. <laughs> can't really believe anything
0: about is under like selling. But, like, <laughs> yeah. the board. I really like the board has a little slightly raised things to represent walls, so like yeah. you can see it's
1: not just like. But you uh, can't just uh, shoot through them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's it's a SWAT game. Like it's like a SWAT shooter if as a war game, except the resolution mechanic rather than randomly randomly rolling dice are rather than, like, getting out the tape measure and seeing what the distance is. It's like, yeah. well, you'll hit them if you can flick it that far away. And, like, it's a matter of actual skill for it. And, <laughs> and, and I just think it's uh, intensely interesting and, like, one of the weirdest, like, uh, this meets this game designs mm-hmm. I've ever seen. So, like, Dix- wh- yes. while it's a little gung-ho for me, like, yeah, like... <laughs> like you, it, it is like very much seal worship. Like shooter McGavin, yep. first class, whatever. Uh, it, it's a little intense, but like the ridiculous of like that ended up being like boop yep. with a flick. Is I'm just like, well, I have to buy this. Yeah, uh,
0: uh, dexterity games are making are really becoming popular these days. Like
1: yeah, like some of them are really good, but uh, some Jer- of some of them are just like. Meant for your kid to have a game night when the adults Jeremy, are also hardcore, Jer- like yeah, 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 gamers. Uh, but this is like, yeah, you wouldn't have your kid play this dexterity mm-hmm. game, it seems
0: intense. Uh, Jeremy sold me another dexterity game, uh, Rhino Hero, and I forgot who it's, it's from a German publisher. Um, the one that they, they they, all their board games have like yellow edges. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Um, oh, yes, they sell yeah. the edu ad, adju- games. yeah, yeah. yeah. They um, they do yeah. Animal Upon Animal, which is another really fun dexterity yeah. game. If you uh, are ever drunk, yeah, don't so, play it with kids drunk or don't yeah. get the kids drunk, but you get drunk Keystone, and play yeah. and play animal upon animal. So you got a,
0: it, Yeah. Rhino here is like bending cards and using them to assemble towers. And like, mm-hmm. like, that sounds like a great game to play buzzed. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we need to do that next after the next mix. Um, so, uh, yeah, another uh, uh, actually RPG that I got to play with the designer, uh, not the designer, but a designer was Dungeon Crawl Classics. Uh, it was run by Brendan LaSalle, who's the creator of X-Crawl. He's written a bunch of DCC stuff, and I'm gonna um, and you know we've done a lot of DCC. You've played DCC, yeah, uh, but we've always as it up. was meant to be played. As it was meant to be played, the level zero. Peasant funnels, yes, and those are ridiculously fun, and I love the game. And but they, it, the DCC rule book is hundreds of pages long, and they have all these rules for more than peasant adventures. And I was curious about that nonsense. And so it, well, it was it's a different kind of nonsense. It sounds like heresy to me. <laughs> you see, you're getting the character for forty k. <laughs> um, so uh, this was uh, so Brendan ran uh, a tenth level DCC
1: adventure. That was basically
0: a boss fight with a demon. Lord. Shouldn't be allowed. It was allowed and it was awesome.
1: You know what a boss fight with a demon lord would be even better? If instead of six tenth level characters, yeah. you sent in 60 zero level characters.
0: <laughs> that would be way better. If there was literally one of the things he did. Was like, he was a demon lord of storms. So he like, hey, he summons a storm that does 1d6 damage to everyone. So it would have been a very short fucking fight. Like, everyone's just ripped apart. And apartment. it would
1: have been great. <laughs> Uh, one of the players did. DCC is meant to be played like fucking Dwarf Fortress, yeah. man. You win when you it, die. It
0: was. It was. It was. well. It, it, I mean, we we did win, uh, but in the most Dwarf Fortress way. Uh, and one of the players did have a pig, which he role played as his therapy pig, and we polymorphed it into a dragon uh and we i mean it was a great yeah the choice it had a lot of extra attacks that way um but dcc actually has a lot of inter- interesting mechanics for high level play um and one of them is that spells are spell check like you have to roll on the uh, and then consult the table to see what your spell actually does it's not the same effect every single time and there's multiple ve- effects and if you roll higher you can pick a lower effect if you want And so we actually, everyone at the table actually had some familiarity with DCC, so we actually utilized basic teamwork and synergy, (laughs) which Brendan was telling us later that, like, uh, yeah, most of the people who show show up at this venture have no idea what to do. They haven't haven't even played DCC before, so they have to teach them the rules. They don't know what they're doing. They just die. You know, the demon lord wins. Uh, but because we were able to use basic teamwork, we were like, "Oh, we should do this and this and this," and then you should cast this spell that, why you know, will hurt his ability to cast spells. Well, we rolled real. Well, the thing is, and it's called Mind Purge, I believe. Uh, and we wanted one particular result on the table. It's like, reduce the target's intelligence and personality to three which is like the minimum in D&D, in DCC <laughs> and we're like, and it normally says no save allowed, but do, well, Brendan, he's a team He's super badass. He gets a save and so he takes out this big D20 that's like the size of an egg. It's a big, it's a large <laughs> die uh, and he rolls it and it's, and it's a natural one <laughs> and we're like, ah! And we're like, well, I guess this is what the story's going to be about. He starts running away. Well, and he's really fast because he's 60 feet tall. Well, we teleport in front of him and then kneecap him. (laughs) And then we just go to town with this demon lord. And the rest of the adventure is us divvying up. Like, we turn him into a statue, literally. Like, turn him to stone. And then cut him up into six parts and give him to our very – like, what are we going to do with our parts of our demon lord? Because that's the loot. And all these deities and kings and lords – Want to have parts of a demon lord because it's a great, you know, it's a a great conversation. Icebreaker, you know, it's a great trophy for, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're a dwarven king, turn that stone demon lord into an archway, Mm -hmm. but leave its ear intact so you can (laughs) talk shit into the demon lord. Like, fuck you, demon lord, you know. And uh, so that was really fun, actually. And I'm going to try and email uh, Brendan to try and get his notes so I can run it for RPPR because this would be the perfect, this is the adventure for bill and dan like this <laughs> oh, yeah. is this is like you i will you here's the goblin has been thrown down you do this you know and you can you you i'll give you all the time you want to learn dcc and min max. you that night uh no no okay no, i'm on. busy <laughs> I, got, I gotta wash my hair uh so that was the third game that i played uh and then of course we both played ironetta uh, yeah which uh, is
1: recorded yeah
0: which is recorded Um, What are your impressions of the game overall? I mean, the system
1: and everything. Oh, I liked it quite a bit. Um, It's very much uh, Fate and the new system, it seems like, meets an Apocalypse World playbook. So you Mm -hmm. can write your own aspects, but you do have a sort of class or uh, archetype. Mm -hmm. And that has specific moves built into it. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it's fun. I had a good time. Yeah. Uh, We had, we also,
0: we played with not just us, but Jeremy and also two other RPPR fans. Shout out to Jacob and Rhea, I believe, uh, who were great role players, actually. They really liked the. And we were actually not super violent in our game. We were just like, you know, we're going to peacefully, you know, not, you know, we were still Vikings, but it was not. We
1: RPPR'd it, yeah.
0: Yeah. Tracy was telling me, like, yeah, a lot of fights, you know, in some of the other sessions I've run, the players into the world.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, well, we didn't do that, (laughs) we made a new friend.
0: Yeah, we made a new friend.
1: Uh, um, yeah. yeah, I also ran Red Markets. Uh, that was pretty oh, yeah. pretty well done. Uh, so <laughs> they didn't want to play with a ton of bust rules, so we just did random damage, and they didn't want to do the other hit rules, so a lot of leg damage happened. <laughs> um, so <laughs> they get up there, and they're all half dead because uh, they got in a fight in the sewer, and they had one flashlight, and so a mob came out of him from the front and so they're picking away at it and then I'm like and then the mob from the rear. And so like the guy in the middle was flashing back and forth around to like put the flashlight on the mob so other people could shoot him, while and which left the other person blind fighting in the dark. Uh, so, like, he'll turn around so he could shoot at the mob getting closer to him from behind. And he turns back around and, like, the Leighton's buried under four zombies drowning in sewer water. <laughs> and wow. so they get up and they're barely alive. And then um, uh, Jeremy, uh, not Jeremy Fish, a different Jeremy, uh, got into a guard station of the facility they were trying to raise. And he, he pulled a real errand in that he wanted a non-lethal kill. So he kept on calling a shot with his axe handle after failing his stealth check uh, against a guy with a pistol. <laughs> so he gets shot in the leg and he's bleeding out completely. And so then, that's okay. and then another character gets shot in the leg as you know he just keeps on trying to wang this guy in the head non lethally with an axe handle, and the guy's just like. Shoots yeah. <laughs> multiple. so they finally kill the guy, and the the doctor character gets in there, and they've already had um one character go they gave them the suppressant because they got bit in the tunnel, which was yeah, uh yeah, they gave Bryce the suppressant, which is smart Bryce because you were infected <laughs> um and he he was already turning latent and just screaming and writhing on the ground and bleeding out, and uh both of them were bleeding out. the doctor has to get to one, so he gets to the latent in the that basically killed himself um and he's like all right i'm gonna do a first aid check and like he's been rolling gangbusters all night and is like one one crit fail oh (laughs) and so i do it and like bleeding out guards goes with stun damage so it fills him up with stun damage and i'm like all right from here on out, he's going to have everything's filled with stun. I know how many boxes are filled with stun. But I'm going to roll for every round it takes to do it. And then if he dies, he is a latent. So he's going to turn. And, but you can keep working on it. You could keep saving it. And the doctor looks at the other latent bleeding out from the same wound in the leg, gotten in a different part of the facility. He's like, nah. And he just domes him. <laughs> <laughs> He's like triage is a thing, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, we're going to red markets, <laughs> and everyone's like making humanity checks. They're yeah, like, man, I'm glad I wasn't there to see that. I'm like, you where wearing specs, weren't you? He's like, yeah, y'all, bought Guldet. Yeah, He <laughs> yeah, was like, no, you see that, <laughs> 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 you get a POV view of it. Like, uh, so it was it was a pretty good red markets game. It so wait, the
0: player fun. who died was the one who was trying to axe handle an enemy.
1: Yes, or? yeah, and then. Uh, Good call there. <laughs> as the doctor runs in and just shoots the guy in yeah. the head, yeah, and then lo, oh, the fight stops. Weird, yeah. He's already like perforated and bleeding out of his leg, uh, but yeah, it got
0: it got pretty <laughs> wild. Yeah, I mean that's what I love about Red markets. It's just everything's fine until suddenly things can go pear shaped so quickly. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it goes it goes from normal to so bad so quickly. It's <laughs> yeah. great. Um, so. Uh, speaking of bloody encounters, uh, <laughs> I did also some more gaming stuff. Um, this group called the Fan Community of Gamers, I believe, and uh, I'm not 100% sure on the name, but it's just a group of people who like games, and they run games at Origins. They're not
1: I was working the booth, or I would have yeah. gone to, with you <laughs> to this. I really this. wanted to play this fucking it game. It
0: was so fun. This is it's they, they have this unofficial thing. It's not published. It's not online anywhere. They just have it in a three-ring binder and a bunch of laminated note cards and hundreds of smurf figures smurf toys Uh, and it's called smurf wars and it's just pick five smurfs and then you pick your smurfs and there's a number written on the bottom of each one and that corresponds to the uh, laminated note card that has your stats on it and you that that's your team and last
1: smurf standing my favorite part is that you just pick based on what they look like yeah like you have (laughs) no idea (laughs) 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 You have no idea of like... Yeah, what they get actually? What they do. do? My favorite was the one you told me about that was in a Superman outfit. Yeah, and it turned out they were just cosplaying <laughs> and they had no powers whatsoever. Yes, that was one of my guys.
0: <laughs> I'm like, oh, that, uh, yeah, he looks cool. He looks tough. Oops, nope, he's totally <laughs> shitty. Good, good job there. Um, one of my others, one was a lion. Uh, it was like, like they had they had signs of the zodiac smurfs. Like, I have no idea where the fuck they're getting all these smurf figures from. Uh, so I had Leo Smurf. Uh, who was, you know, he also like- had
1: cancer smurf? I had cancer was smurf, your yeah. MVP, yeah. He
0: was a crab, fucking
1: claws, he- yeah.
0: man. and armor, which is actually really rare. He was good at defending. <laughs> um, and then I had the Grim Reaper smurf, uh, and Alchemist smurf, uh, who could throw al- Alchemist fire. He was just fucking lobbing Molotovs <laughs> at people. I didn't know it had splash damage, so <laughs> oops, uh, kind of wanged my ally once and myself because I didn't know about that um and yeah you it's just five it's just six players less than more are but you could form temporary alliances so i formed one with the one player and then uh it's just this 3 hour just fucking brawl as we're just like it, the rules were simple but they're easy to learn um and they made it good as a multiplayer event because, like, they had a lot of random events that shook up the battlefield, and also the smurfs were very mobile. It was like on a, a square grid map, but you can move eight, uh, usually eight squares per move. And so like you could just dash across the battlefield pretty yeah. well. So like it wasn't just like you know, a lot of games you're like, oh, I get to here and then I keep attacking until I'm dead. Yeah. But in this one, we were just moving all over. Um, but like you they use playing cards to resolve the fights instead of dice. So you draw a card, the other person draws a card, aces are low, and whoever gets a higher number wins. Um and but if if you draw a Joker. Then Azriel shows up, and Azriel the cat will like run from one point on the battlefield to another, and any Murph under in the way takes damage. Yeah, fucking Azriel, fucking up my team <laughs> so badly. I got hit by that motherfucker like four or five times. He uh, was son of a bitch. Fuck you, Asriel. Um, and then if you if both players draw the same number card, like both sevens or whatever, then there's a random event. They consult a random event table, and then like literally one of them was like, Oh, there's a paternity test for Smurfette. And this, and this, uh, person who was fighting runs away because he's the father, you know, (laughs) lose that character. Like it was just like dumb, like kind of fun homebrew stuff. Like it, it wasn't meant to be bounced. It was just simple and fun. It was a great, you know, uh, yeah, it was a great con game. They had a whole map. Uh, like they had like actual Smurf houses and shit. Like, uh, it was great. So yeah,
1: there were some elaborate war game setups yeah. uh, that I saw in Hall A. Like, they had some crazy – that uh, giant galleon mm-hmm. was fucking crazy looking. The yeah, floating the island pack. setup was really yeah, cool. Yeah, the
0: floating island, I kind of got a little – like, I saw them other people playing it. It was basically like PVC pipes. Overhead to hang up like literal floating uh, terrain islands and skyships. Although it looked a little, those PVC PVC pipes were kind of a little wobbly for your uh, taste. Yeah, for your taste, because like they literally had to like okay move your skyship six inches forward. So they had like hooks overhead, and they had to (laughs) adjust them on the PVC pipe. And like okay, that seems. Like, that's mm, a tragedy waiting to happen. Um, they also had like a Warhammer setup table, uh, with a giant submarine, but it was orc made, so it was like really kind of like post apocalyptic Mad Max looking. And yeah. they they called that battle the Hunt for Red Orctober. Um, <laughs> it was great. Um, and if I knew it well. Uh, I didn't get into that, but, um, well, I didn't try to get into that.
1: Uh, we found a cool thing. So Van Ryder games, um, Sarah found these and, and I bought them too, uh, cause they're so cool. They're, um, they're choose your own adventure graphic novels, which is, which is great. Um, then you can choose your own adventure based on the choices and the captions and, and whatnot for the panels. But there's also, like, hidden numbers and stuff in there that you can find that are, like, hidden choices you could do. So it's kind of like a found object game. And then they're full-blown single-player RPGs. They have character sheets in the back. And you keep track of your character sheets as you run through this sort of choose-your-own-adventure thing. And, like, they are really cool. So we bought, um, from Van Ryder Games, we bought a number of those because they are pretty... Pretty spiffy. Uh, Sarah played one last night and got eaten by spiders, uh, so she's gonna have to start over there. Uh, but yeah, like as long as you do a photocopy of the character sheet in the back of the book, you could reuse it endlessly. Yeah. So I'm gonna, definitely gonna try and bring them to school. But they're they're pretty uh, pretty spiffy. Um, also, speaking on the education front, uh, his name eludes me, but there's a he's dominating Kickstarter right now. Uh, with science-based games, like he's got one about peptides and one about viruses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I bought the the board game for cytosis. Uh, oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. he is uh, he is killing it. Sarah actually knows him from high school, uh, so we were we, we bought that because you know I want to support that kind of stuff. Uh,
0: uh, I did my some games too, uh, board games uh, in the the spare time that you know in between events and whatever. Um, I did last Friday, which is a slasher the friday the 13th kind of knockoff game yeah um seemed very simple like it's played in multiple phases we Mm -hmm. just played through the first phase took about 20 minutes all the campers escaped because the person playing the killer picked the wrong spot to start in yeah um and it just eh, it didn't really grab me yeah so i maybe 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 play that at a game store or something before you buy it asymmetry
1: will, is hard to do
0: as, uh, Speaking speaking race yeah it is and a uh, speaking race symmetry um there was another game I, I demoed uh that really focuses on that the vast mysterious manner oh yeah uh, that's on kickstarter yeah it's a it's there is uh, made by the same person who created vast which is another asymmetrical game so in vast mysterious manner which i did demo uh there's like five roles um and i played the paladin the paladin every every role has a different goal. Uh, so the paladin's goal is to kill the spider, mm-hmm. and then there's the skeletons, and their their goal is to kill the paladin. The spider's goal, I forgot what it was, um, but it's I mean it's on the Kickstarter space. It's it's interesting because there's no dice. You just allocate like basically action points on various activities to you know move and explore the manor or fight monsters and. As you do so, you you gain experience, and then you get more action points to do more things. Um, but while you're doing this, the skeletons are doing their own thing. The spider's doing its own thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Because, like, is you could be playing your game very well, and you have no idea how close the other player is. I mean, I guess in some cases, like, if the skeleton... You know how well the skeleton's doing, because you're either full of health points, you know, hit points, or you're, you're dead, you know? So, like... Mm-hmm. um it's very good art. It looks very cool. If it wasn't, I I looked at the Kickstarter, it's like 75 bucks for the base game. So I'm like, "Mm." um, especially after all the money, it's been at uh, origins. Um, also I did, uh, I demoed big trouble in little China, which is another very complex, very luxurious kind of board game. Man, the minis are gorgeous in it though. They are very well sculpted. Uh, they have all the characters in the movie. Yeah. Um, Huge board, too. Uh, and
1: double-sided.
0: Double-sided. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right.
1: Double-sided. Um, huge
0: board. Because it's not only, like, Little China, it's also Lopan's Lair.
1: Yeah, it's some heavy cardboard.
0: <laughs> and uh, the thing is, um, like, every player has different quests. And so, like, you go around the board doing different missions to try and complete the story. Mm-hmm. And there's multiple trackers. Uh, like, there's literally a big trouble tracker. There's also an audacity tracker, uh, which measures different things. And there's a lot of things to keep track of. So, basically, it's it's sort of... It's, uh, the gameplay is similar to Arkham Horror, in that there's a lot of shit to keep track of, and there's a lot of sort of narrative-based play. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, Uh it's a big investment of time. Uh It looks like, but I mean,
1: you have a Gloomhaven box yeah. sitting next to this table, so yeah. I'm not sure you can. Yeah, no, be I, shit, I, I'm not, sir. I, well, yeah,
0: well, you know, I haven't played it yet either because <laughs> yeah, it is scary. Yeah. So, like, now that I have Gloomhaven, I'm like, I'm definitely not getting a game like that.
1: I, I will say that this was my first foray into the realm of inserts. Um, oh yeah, broken token. Speaking or of Gloomhaven, yeah, because uh, holy shit talk about a game that could use some inserts. Yeah, Broken um, Token had one, but it was $80. Yeah. And I got Gloomhaven for
0: $100, so like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but like it makes sense though. So I bought um I bought Spencer a game a Scythe insert cuz he uses it. He plays Scythe all the time and he can get it out much faster now. Um but like they, I also got Azul, so Azul is a, we love that game, but the, we got some plexiglass overlays for Azul. That, like, keep your tiles in place and your little score tracker. Um, and then another game I was really intrigued with was Terraforming Mars, uh, which is uh, very realistically science-based on, like, the actual requirements to terraform Mars. Uh, and I hear it's a fantastic engine builder and a lot of people love it. Um but the reviews I've read of it is like I would love this game, but the player board requires you to put all of these different little square tokens down to keep track of your score, and then it also keeps track of your score, but your engine. So like your conversion rates for like oxygen and heat and plant life, which is like the entire point of the game. It's an engine builder. You're trying to get up big, build bigger conversions, um, and if and everything I heard is like if you bump that table once. Your game is over, and you'll have no idea where you're at. Uh, Because, like, all of those little squares are going to go out of their hole, and it's just a little piece of, like, paper that you're laying it down on. Um, So we're like, I really want to get Terraforming Mars. They're running out. So we went to this one insert place where we got the Azul plexiglass things, and they were pretty expensive. And so I wasn't thrilled about that, but we play Azul all the time, so we're going to do that. So we go, and it's like 40 bucks just for the plexiglass to lay over this $70 game. So then we go over into Broken Token, and I'm like, well, they have a Terraforming Mars thing. I wonder how much their plexiglass things is, they just sell it. So they had everything for 40 bucks, And I mean, like, it sorts everything. You can get the game out in five minutes, like, and it's ready to go. And they also, like, redid the player boards because a lot of people said they didn't have enough numbers on them. So they did their own version of the player boards. And then they had a printout on it so, like, looks even more professional. And the cool thing is, is, like, they have a little tray on top of the broken token insert to where all the little cubes that you have to place things can go right in there. So, like, you don't even have to get things set up. Like, once you put the game away, it's instantly ready to play again. And so I'm, like... And I was looking at how it's constructed, and, like, I, I got my... I, I hit a new achievement in Board Game Nerd because I'm just like, wow, the the engineering of this thing is enough for me to appreciate it. So I bought that just because I wanted to play Terraforming Mars and not deal with that crap. And it was the same price as, like, one of the components from the other place. And uh, so – but, yeah, the, the Broken Token place was, like, some of the worst customer service I've ever received. Like, outside the sales floor when I was, like, trying to check stuff out, the like guy was like, hey – what do you want and then i like tell him and he like doesn't respond he just like turns and leaves and i'm like is he is he kidding is he kidding? he kind sort of snatched the card away from me and like what i realize is like Oh, it's because like it doesn't matter. Like you you need them. Like they're serving a vital function. It's like they don't they don't need to be nice to you. Your dealer but, like, doesn't have to be nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was pretty interesting, especially with a game like Wasteland Express, which like middlemans that for you. Yeah. And it's just like holy shit, this is, like, game-changing. Like, this this game would be so complex. It looks like a nightmare of little components because it's all over, and minis and all over the place. And, like, I watched, like, half of the video. I was like, no, I got how to run that now because, like, everything's all neat and organized and layout. Mm-hmm. So, like, I really have appreciated uh, box organization and inserts more than I ever thought I would get nerdy and excited about something as a result of my Origins experience. Yeah. Wow.
0: Um... <laughs> One other uh, vendor that I'd like to mention, uh, not a board game vendor, but actually Reaper Miniatures... Um, because one, I picked up, they have they they do a full line of different types. Well, they don't have game a game specific for Reaper. They just do like, oh, we have fantasy minis and sci fi minis and modern and pulp minis. They
1: and also so. have a mini painting starter. That's exactly kit. what I was going. Yeah, yeah, which uh, is really
0: cool. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention because apparently Sarah went there and just painted minis for free. Like they just give you a well, mini. you
1: have a generic ticket, but yeah, yeah, they'll, uh, okay. They'll yeah. give you a leftover mini and they'll like give you a couple lessons and yeah. you get two hours to just paint your miniature she's really uh, good at it yeah
0: yeah uh and i did not know about that uh until well i was busy doing other events but i did pick up a couple things from reaper including some things i'm going to use as object, uh objective markers for uh warhammer or not warhammer uh conflict 47 uh including a phone box uh you know tardis kind of thing <laughs> and uh you know just a scientist like a 1930s, 40s looking scientist guy. I
1: will say there was some mini stuff there, but I was kind of stunned because, like, uh, as much board gaming stuff as there was around, I was expecting like an equivalent mini presence. Mm Because, like, aside from two big players, everyone from the board game spaces at Origins, yeah. But like the. There was not as big as a mini presence at Origins as no. at all as it did like Gen con I mean, there are minis. on a third of the floor is like these gorgeous, yeah. uh, you know, decadent minis displays and yeah. like these huge rose bones And there were a couple like mini wholesalers out there, but um yeah other than reaper it, uh, i was i was pretty alarmed it wasn't it wasn't was as there, hard malifo the was
0: there malifo which is a big uh mini saying games workshop actually had a booth there mm-hmm. uh all those looked shitty like he was just like yeah we they got, were
1: a lot smaller than they are gen yeah.
0: yeah i mean it was just like here's your shit mm, you, you know you, you know you're gonna buy it so like, yeah yeah the give, broken
1: token sales page. yeah
0: yeah uh <laughs> buy this shit nerds <laughs> you need it yeah um yeah, I think – well, the minis games, I mean, I think there 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 are separate minis cons and sort of a – you know, there's like Adepticon and other places that are really minis-focused. And I think, again, yeah, Gen Con. Um, like one thing that annoyed me, uh, going back to Gamma being terrible at organizing things, was apparent like in their thing, in list of exhibitors, Warlord Games is there. Warlord Games is the manufacturer, the maker of Conflict 47.
1: Oh, yeah, they weren't uh, there.
0: They weren't there. <laughs> I spent 30 minutes looking for their fucking booth. I was like, it's got to be in here. Where else could it be? I've literally been everywhere. Then I go, I I literally searched all three exhibit halls, and then, like, I go to the, like, where is it? Oh, they're over in that corner. And they go over there. Oh, no, we're just fans who are running events to teach you how to play Conflict 47. But we really prefer bolt action. You know.
1: (laughs) And, like, I'm like, well... So Gamma needs its own, like... Yeah. spoof soundbite <laughs> yeah. <Da-da-ba-da-da-ba. laughs> yeah. gamma <laughs> yeah
0: basically <laughs> uh, it's just <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll move your red markets game to the roof of the hotel <laughs> gamma
0: uh. Yeah, and another thing is also uh, one, one minor thing. Um, Adam Thornsberg from Roleplaying Plan Exchange uh, showed up for one day, uh, and I hung out with him, and he was looking for Greg Bennett was there as yeah, well. Yeah, Greg Bennett. Uh, a
1: lot of wonderful fans. What,
0: just great people. Uh, everyone who hung out with us is a beautiful human being. <laughs> um, and Adam wanted to get a Dr. Seuss Call Cthul- or Dr. Seuss-style Call of Cthulhu uh, book, first kid, and uh, Chaos, I mean, so then I remember Atlas Games, they have some Cthulhu-themed kids' books, and uh, so I go to the Atlas booth, it's like, where are they? I didn't hallucinate this, did I? It's like, oh, no, we have another booth in the other hall. I'm like, oh, I'm not crazy. Oh, yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: um, that is another thing for Origins. So, like, Origins will have booths that you'll have certain publishers that'll have booths in the dealer hall where they're selling stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But then they'll have second booths that also sell stuff in A and C, which is the play spaces. So like Come On Games had, had a booth where they were selling stuff in the dealer hall. And then they also had the... Actually, no, they didn't. Come On Games had an enormous booth in dealer hall A where you could play the games and also like where they were selling Rising Sun and Blood Rage and stuff like that. But they weren't in the dealer's hall at all. Whereas Stronghold Games had stuff in the dealer hall, and it had a play space where they were selling stuff, as did whiz kids at uh, but Pandasaurus was only in the dealer 's hall, and they were running their games out of there. It was very odd, like it was very split up like sometimes you 'll have a booth that was both selling and running, and then a secondary booth that is just selling uh, and demoing, and then sometimes they would only have the selling and running booth away from the dealer 's hall if they were big enough to be like. You're gonna find us like you don't need to go to the place where everybody else is buying stuff. You'll you'll get there, um, and then yeah, it was very odd. Like and then places where I thought they would have huge play areas, they didn't. Like yeah, uh, so like WizKids had a big dealer hall room, and then all they were doing in the, over in the play space was Hero Clicks, and then everything else like no one was running Seal Team Six Flicks. Nobody was running anything else, um, but like they were demoing all that stuff in their in their. But it was it was very odd. Like the split between yeah. things. It wasn't like, well, this is Gen Con, that's the fantasy flight complex. Wait in this line and then go inside. Yeah. And then go to this space that's nothing but tables that has a banner that says fantasy flight to play your games. Like it was very much all over the place. Like um So yeah, and there were like Twilight Imperium games popping up in the middle of, like, giant hero clicks play spaces just because somebody fucked it up, so it'll be like, you know, I'm turning Thanos to level seven, and then they're next to the, like, dudes who've been there for 16 hours playing the same game of Twilight Imperium, just, like, harrowed, like, their ties loosened, looking down, and, like, like they're doing their fucking taxes, like, it's just, like, Normally, there's like border. There are borders yeah. at Gen Con, whereas like yeah. Origins is a far more liminal space. Like, <laughs> uh, like at one point, I was running Party Flowl next to a game of Twilight Imperium. Yeah, that had been going for presumably before the con started, uh, and I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Like at that point, those guys had booked two tables: one for the game and one for their stuff. So they were just taking up a table with like coats and shit, uh, and their food and like medication. I guess I, was like,
0: it was it you who found that entry and the or an entry for oh Twilight? yeah
1: no Sarah Sarah yeah. looked in the booth yeah. she's like she, we were trying to find my game because it was yeah. not at the right table and I again had to find a place right next to this Twilight Imperium game that was every expansion with eight players for and schedule eight hours eight hours. And under the complexity, it said medium. (laughs) 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 And Sarah's like sitting next to me as I'm setting up fucking Party Foul, like as absurd as it could be next to it. And he's like, I'd hate to see high. Like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh,. So yeah. gamma also allows damned lies <laughs> when you're making when you're making events, but
0: yeah, man, um, yeah. There would the, another thing was also it seemed a lot of events were run at eight or nine in the morning uh yeah we, the yeah.
1: the uh play spaces will open up before the dealer hall
0: yeah you know? uh and i know gen con does that as well but yeah. it seemed most of there were gen con like i was but li- the play spaces yeah. are
1: not all connected to the dealer hall yeah yeah there's like, it, like origins, i said the hyatt yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as in uh in the hyatt was the hyatt was very similar to the way gen con does it but like yeah. the big halls like a and b mm-hmm. will be, be available and running a and c a and c will be running events yeah like at 8 a.m yeah. And then the dealer hall won't open for two more. <sighs> but yet, like, yeah, like I
0: wanted to get in a game of mutant crawl classics. Dungeon crawl classic was actually my backup game. Like, yeah. uh, but mutant crawl classics, all the games were at eight in the morning. And that's like Goodman games, new, like sci-fi RPG. And mm-hmm. like, why are you doing this all at eight in the morning? Like, <laughs> especially on a Saturday or a Sunday, like no one's getting up at eight on a Sunday, uh, after four days of this con. <laughs> um, and, there so they just looking through the catalog. There's a ton of events early in the morning, and then a ton of events at dinner time, and like not nearly as much as there's. I feel there should be like in the middle of the day or even like ten or eleven in the morning. Um, so that that maybe that was just a weirdness of origins or the, that year. I don't know if that's like a uh, demic, uh, but like yeah, games on demand is like nine a.m., two p.m. like instead of like ten and three or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It, it seemed it seemed a bit odd because you know. I, no, I mean, I guess they assume most people going to Origins are just at a connected hotel or something. They're just gonna wake up and mm-hmm. go roll straight into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we were pretty you lucky.
1: You kind of need to book early for Origins. Yeah, uh, I couldn't get a hotel. Yeah, uh, but Airbnb was like a reasonable solution. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it's not. It's not completely laissez faire. rolling yeah. When you feel like it, you need to do some prep, but it is decidedly less complicated than trying to get into Gym Con. Yeah. And uh like I didn't sign up for any
0: events. I just rolled in with generic tickets, got into everything I wanted, except for the game the ones I didn't even try to because they were too early. Yeah. Um and uh it was pretty good. Uh I did also go to a learn how to play Warhammer 40k and it was terrible. But that I am going to leave for RPPR After Hours (laughs) because I want to go on about it in length, (laughs) about how terrible it was.
1: Warhammer not being weird? Well,
0: part of it was unique to the event and how it was run. Uh, You're right. It's not Warhammer's fault. It's a No, but I said pa- in part, in part, in part. It was also because the rules were bad. All right. <laughs> Fight me, but not in Warhammer. Let's pick a good game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I remember, yeah. Con- I mean, just even playing a different one, war- different war game, uh, Conflict 47, I was like, holy shit, Conflict is way better than Warhammer. <laughs> yeah. Just to give you an example in Warhammer 40K, you move your entire army at once, and then the other player goes. So, like, if you get lucky, you could just destroy a bunch of units and they never get to do anything. Like, <laughs> wow, that's fucking fair. Oh, wait. No, it's the opposite of that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, anyway. um, So, yeah, I'm saving a bit of this for this uh, uh, for After Hours. Also, uh, as we play the games more.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean I, the reason I spent such a stupefying amount of money yeah. on board games is because... We're good on dissecting iPhones for the, for the mix six for yeah. a while. Like.
0: I'm going to be reviewing the stuff. I'm going to be running a lot of things. Um, I know I'm going to be running the devil John Moulton, uh, very soon, probably a couple of times. I really liked it. Uh, and I think you like it too, Caleb. Um, and, uh, like I got another, Oh, another game that I got tall pines, which is a card based storytelling game about uh-huh. replicating basically twin peaks. Yep. Um, I also got a copy of Harlem unbound. I think I mentioned that, but, Um, I just read a couple pages of it It looks really interesting And I'm going to try and contact the game's writer Chris Spivy uh, Try and get him to run a game for us at Gen Con Or maybe online um you know the uh, and of course fall of delta green oh Kent height told me that he named an npc in fall of delta green after me uh there's a admiral Peyton uh who is part of delta green so n- yeah i mean i guess i mean he's gonna die horribly obviously because he's a delta <laughs> green agent so <laughs> yeah. uh but that that's something um and of course we have Ironetta coming up and um yeah we'll do wrath and glory too and yeah who knows uh what else we'll have up our sleeve so we'll be you'll be feeling the effects of this on the podcast for some time so and on the mix 6 too yes listen to the mix 6 thank you yes <laughs> all right this has been rbbr episode 156 origins wrap-up uh talk to you guys next time
1: bye